This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, we go. Friday morning, we get your holiday weekend off and running. The Brian Rascone, yourself, nice to see you. Eddie's out, Al's sick. Where is everybody? They're not here, but Boomer and Gio will be here at 6 o'clock, and so we get things rolling. First things first, Salicata, nice job. We'll see him all next week uh, as we do 6 to 10, filling in for the guys, because when I say where is everybody, next week, no one's here except for me and Sal and Rascona. And Flegelman and uh, Ed Arzuman. So it's kind of uh, a little bit of a different cast next week. And so you ever have one of those days as we kind of move into our Friday where you just shouldn't have got out of bed? And I kind of liken this to the Mets, who we're not going to spend a lot of time on, but it is sort of similar. So my alarm goes, and I had one of those days yesterday that you can't, it's just tremendous. Go from work, run home, get changed. Went to play golf with my older son. Only could play nine because I had to get home to get changed to then go Back out for my younger son, who had a baseball practice slash intra-squad scrimmage with a few other kids that helped out. So we had a nice little eight-on-eight game as they get set for a trip next week uh, for a tournament in Virginia, I believe it is. And so it was a great, it really was a great day. The show was great yesterday. Get home, golf, baseball, home, shower, sleep, wake up, and here we go. And you're thinking it's Friday, holiday weekend. What a great day it's going to be. And perhaps it might be. It might be. But I will tell you, it has not gotten off well. And I'm sure some of you out there have had days like this, kind of like the Mets season. Wake up, no problem, all good, two minutes before the alarm. That's unusual, but great. So it means I didn't have to hit snooze or nothing like that, kind of roll over. We wake up nice and easy. Jump in the shower, everything's fine. So far, you're with me, we're good. All right, stop it, quick check, because I just didn't feel like in the middle of the night making lunch or anything like that. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to quick check. And I'm going to grab some beef jerky and a protein bar and a cup of coffee. Why the hell not? So I go to Quick Check. Usually not a big deal. Get what I need to get. Go to the counter. And, of course, like all these other places, it's automated self-checkout. Go there. Scan everything. Can't pay. Why is that? Guy comes over. Ugh. System update. Do you have 10 minutes? No, I don't have 10 minutes. All right, I'll take you down here. Great. Go down there. He scans me. Go to pay. Computer not working. It shuts down. All right. We leave. I give him $2, take the coffee, we go. I then pull right onto the highway. First thing, light turns red. No one coming. There's no one right. There's no one left. Why the highway light turned red? No idea. We stop immediately. You know what? Don't want to deal with this. I'm hopping on the parkway nice and quickly so we don't have to deal with any stoppage. Hop on the parkway and immediately stopped. Two lanes closed. They move us over onto the shoulder, essentially, doing 20 miles an hour. Not a great start. Okay. We then get to the Holland Tunnel. 
All right, we get there. No problems, no issues. By the way, sound like the Mets season yet? Start, stop, can't get going? Yeah. We get to the Holland Tunnel. Dead stop. Now, you see the yellow light with the red light, which means one light, one lane is open. But sporadically, they have these little 8 to 10-minute closures, which is fine. You can deal with it, but not today. Not today when everything's going wrong so far. All right, we get through that. We come to the Manhattan side of the Holland Tunnel. Go to turn right on Hudson. Can't. Why? Closed construction. Okay, now we got to go up. I don't even know what road I'm on. I got to turn left on another road, and I've got two cars stopped in the middle of the street. They're clearly talking to one another, and I'm waiting and waiting. Finally, I get to the road I need to turn left on, turn left, get there. Light turns green as I'm waiting behind a car. Car doesn't go. I zip around the car only to see the guy basically sleeping. (laughs) Then show up on Hudson Street, and where I usually like to park has no spots. I have to circle around a couple of times, finally park and get in here at 10 after 4, which is about 15 minutes longer and later than I wanted to. Sound like the Mets season? Oh, start, stop, just delay after delay. So I'm hoping from this point forward, we're going to have a great show. And Boomer and Gio are going to kill it this morning. It's going to be a fun summer Friday, and everything is out of our – it's it's out. It's gone. We we flushed it. We're moving on. It's out of our system. We'll have a great day. That's how the day started. And it's kind of like – and we'll only spend a couple of minutes on them. It's kind of like the Mets. You know, they finished June – well, they got today, but you get the point. Their series are done in June because now June 30th starts this new series with the Giants. You realize to this point, the Mets, Rascona, real quick, don't think. What's the Mets record in June? Uh, don't think. Uh, eight and 21. All right, well, that would be too many games, but you're pretty close. They only won seven games in the month of June. Think about the Mets. They turned the calendar from May to June as a team above 500 and still a handful of games out of first place. No, they weren't. Right there with the Braves, they were, like I say, a handful of games out, but they weren't playing terrible baseball. What are the losses? Do you know that? They are 7 and 18. 7 and 18. Okay. 7 and 18 right. in the month so I had of four June. Four more games played. Yeah, 29. They won on June 1st okay. against the Phillies, I believe, which is that that's the last series they won. All right. Which ended on June 1st. So that doesn't count as a June series that they won. So they went 0 for June winning series, which is unbelievable. Uh, the team that's got Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, uh, Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, that they didn't win one lousy series in the month of June. Not one. So now you're at June 30th. Perhaps they'll bookend the month with wins. Whoopee. But 7-25. and 25. And every time they seem to get a decent pitching performance, they don't hit. When they hit, they don't pitch. It's kind of like the stop and start morning that I had today that this is what their month has become. And this is a team that four weeks ago, not four months ago, not two months ago, not three months ago, a mere four weeks ago, you were still thinking that they were not only going to be a playoff team, but they were going to turn it on at one point and that they would challenge for the division. And instead, the Braves are laughing their ass off with the Mets so far in their rearview mirror, they don't even appear closer than they are or whatever that phrase is in the mirror. Like, they're so far back, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. So it's been a start-and-stop season, and when you look at this team now, going forward, there isn't a whole hell of a lot of time to get things right, and so I've pretty much given up on that at this point, like many have. But my God, I mean, yesterday, this is the problem I've had, too, with many teams in baseball. 
and we've talked about this forever, and this isn't just a Met thing. This is a lot of teams. When the Mets don't hit home runs, they are they're just incapable of scoring. Even look at last night. All right, you get the back to back home runs from Beatty and Nimmo. Great, great. And I'm listening to Howie at that time coming back from the baseball game uh, that we had. And he's talking about, well, you know, the Brewers did this to Max Scherzer in Milwaukee. Maybe the Mets are going to get him back, and maybe Marte can make it back-to-back-to-back. No, he didn't. It's fine. They got the back-to-back. They had a 2 nothing lead, and Scherzer was pitching well. But what else do you have? Nothing. Nothing. You get guys on base in the ninth inning with Nimmo up, and you're thinking, you know what? Here we go. At least feel good about yourself. Gain a split. Let's have a big two-out or I guess it was, yeah, it was two outs. How about a big two-out, two-run, game-winning single to win it? And he battled, but he walks. And then it brings up Marte, game over. And that be that. And that's just, it's lost night after lost night. Now, is it going to stop me from going to the games that I have planned to be going to this summer? No, not at all. Can't wait to go. I love going to the ballpark. Love going to the ballpark, even if the team's not good that we're going to see. Doesn't matter to me. But it is disappointing in that it is a lost summer for them. Now, as for the Yankees, you know, they come off that perfect game from Domingo Herman. Clark Schmidt was good enough, and the offense clicked in. And at the end of the day, you wanted to go out and sweep the A's. There's no doubt about it. The A's had 20 wins coming into the series. But at the end of the day, the Yankees got two out of three. And it's interesting how when you look at the last bunch of series, that's what we keep saying. And while in the moment it might not be great, It might not be. You know, you might feel like you win the first couple, you lose the last one badly, and you're like, oh, this team. Or you lose a game like the first game to the A's, and you're like, oh, this team. They should be better. Maybe. But at the end of the day, if you keep winning two out of three, three out of four, you know what you are? A damn good baseball team that's going to the postseason. Make no mistake, the Yankees are a playoff team, even as constituted now without Aaron Judge. They are. They're a playoff team. They're not a great team. They're a good team. And if and when Judge comes back, that elevates them to another level. I don't know that they're a World Series team, but they're really good. They just kind of go about their business. And when you look up, there are the Yankees, 10 games over 500. Now going to St. Louis in another series they should win. You know, the Cardinals have had, uncharacteristically, one of their worst seasons. Played a little better of late in spots, but for the most part, not a good baseball team this year. Good players, not a good team. The Yankees, if they go handle their business... And take this series, you will be looking at back-to-back-to-back-to-back, whatever it is, of series wins. Now, juxtapose that to what the Mets have done. The Mets can't even split a series. And I'm not counting a two-game series with the Yankees. That's two games. The only series splits that count are four-game series. So the Mets can't get out of their own way, can't win a series. And all the Yankees are doing is winning series. And you saw, you know... You saw Donaldson yesterday again giving you some offense. Isaiah, Kiner, Falefa. You know, we don't think much of him. And I'm not saying he's the next Willie Mays. That's that's not the case. But he's had good games where he pops up and gives you a three RBI afternoon like he did yesterday. You got another hit from, from Giancarlo Stanton. And what you like to, and this, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is true. They have had games where it's not all about the home run ball, where it has been in the past. To where I'm talking about the Mets right now, if they don't win. So, right, think about this with the Mets. I said this yesterday to back my point even further. The one game they did win in this series was why? Because they hit four home runs. They don't generate offense any other way. Terrible recipe for success. I know some teams do it well. I know a lot of people will call me and say, oh, well, the Astros hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, but the Astros can also generate offense without the home run ball. They do hit a lot of them. 
but they also score in different ways. The Mets don't. The Yankees yesterday, the Yankees the day before that, scoring runs in bunches, these big innings yesterday, I think it was what the sixth inning where they scored the eight runs. Like that just wrecks a game. And they do it where it's methodical. It wasn't all about the home run. Yes, Donaldson hit the go-ahead home run, no question. But they did a lot of other things, moving guys along, singles, doubles. That's baseball, and that's kind of what we've missed in this day and age of home run, strikeout, or bust. And that's that's a boring brand of baseball. These last couple games have been fun, and I know one was the perfect game, which makes it all the more fun. And unfortunately, I'm not up late to see them. Yesterday was a day game. Had to watch it here again this morning because I was actually playing golf yesterday. But when you go back and you watch it, it's a different brand that we've been lacking and missing, at least around these parts. And it's nice to see singles and doubles, sack flies. Holy crap, sack flies. How about that? Which, by the way, is what the Brewers won on. A sack fly. You know, the little things. Teams that do the little things win a lot of baseball games. And right now the Mets are not doing half of anything, and the Yankees are, and the Yankees are winning series. And it's good to see. So I'm looking forward to the weekend for the Yanks. We'll see what they do against St. Louis. We'll see where they are as we now turn the corner and the calendar into July. This is when it really gets real. Now, for the Mets, it got real in June because they were so horrendous. You know, it's funny. If the Mets would have had a 500-month, so 25, so they'll play 26 games after tonight. If they would have just gone 13-13, and we'd probably be complaining about what an average poor month it was, and they would have lost ground to the Braves. But you know where they would be? They would still be in playoff contention, and we would still be thinking about adding when we get to the playoff de- the uh, trade deadline, not selling. And that is a very real thing right now. Now, I don't know where that story came from yesterday from Max Scherzer where he would be willing to accept a trade. Now, we've been talking about this to where if things continue to spiral out of control, and I have no reason to believe that they won't, that the Mets absolutely should explore trades with whoever they have to explore trades with and for. And if guys have no trade clauses, you go to them and you see if they can waive them if they're interested in waiving them. Now, the story came out yesterday that said Scherzer would have no problem if it was to a winning-type team. And I get being upset. I heard Sal, he's not wrong. If, in fact, that's the case, your first thought should be, you're the reason that the Mets expect to win not going to you and you're being okay with being traded. Although, again, it's high, it's hypocritical because you kind of want him to say yes to it. But I liked what I heard post-game from Scherzer in that it's clickbait. I'm not talking about this right now. Like, until they tell us that this team is selling off, uh, you know, good players, there's nothing to talk about. I thought he went about it the right way in the post-game press conference. He's been better. There's no question about it. He's the one guy that's been relatively consistent now over his last several starts Aside from, I don't think that, I forget about the Brave one, but point is, he's been good, um, and he should have, you know, they should have had a better outcome last night. He got no support, none. Now, the two-run homer kills you, no question, but it's it's almost like when, De, when DeGrom used to start. It's like you're hanging by a thread. Can you give the guy five or six runs on a night where he's actually pitching well to where the two-run homer doesn't kill you like it did last night? But unfortunately, that is what it is for this team. The news is bad for the Mets. The news is good for the Yankees. And away we go, 4th of July weekend. Now we're going to take a break. On the other side, four calls. That's it. Four calls. Al's out. 
We go four calls, 877-337-6666. can be whatever you want. can be about Al, can be about this show, can be about Boomer and Geo, can be about Craig's last day, can be about the Mets sucking, the Yankees actually thriving a little bit, perfect game, a win yesterday. And we're also going to get to a story that I'm not going to lie puts a big smile on my face. And how are we going to do that? I'll tell you how. I'm going to read headlines when we come back in and around the four calls. And if you don't call, we'll just read the headlines, and that'll be fun. And then Rascona will join me in the final uh, segment of the hour before we get you to Boomer and Geo on a 4th of July weekend. It's a summer Friday right here on The Fan. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. You know, it's funny you play this, actually. Uh, 25 after 5, warm-up show till 6, Rascona in for uh, Eddie uh, playing the music. Only because I was sitting there looking up the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. I know it's not Beverly Hills, but uh, just how much fun they seem to be. And what what struck me is I knew Brandon Drury was on the team. I did not realize he's batting cleanup for them, which is fascinating when you think of Trout and Otani. Uh, that Brandon Drury is their cleanup hitter, but so be it. All right, 877-337-6666, segment we call Four Calls and Seven Years Ago. All right, four calls for you, and then a couple of headlines that make me smile, then Rascona in for the final segment uh, of the hour. First things first, Zach and Tom's River, you're first up on the warm-up show. What is up, Zach? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right. Good. I saw that traffic you were talking about. I got lucky and chose the Express instead of local. And it was still one lane in the shoulder for at least five, six miles. Oh, it's, and, and this is now. This is almost rush hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly my point. I, I'm feeling your pain, dude. I got lucky. I yeah. got lucky. I usually take, I appreciate it, Zach, for the, uh, for the update. I usually like to take the Express as well. Um, but when I get, in, get on at my exit there, well, I guess I could have. Yeah, dummy. I did go local. I could have gone express. Now, it didn't slow me down too much because for me it was 3 o'clock in the morning. But right now, if that traffic is still out there, I tell you, the construction around here, too, is insane. You know, I sit there and say they should do it in the overnight, but they do it in the overnight. It obviously interrupts our commuting. But you do it during the day. My Lord. Rides that should take 30 minutes take an hour. And it sucks, especially when you kind of think where you're going is not that big of a deal. Like the parkway sometimes has terrible construction. This Pulaski, this is what I don't understand. Get to the calls one second. For like four years, maybe even five years, they were doing construction on the Pulaski Skyway to where it was basically one lane. Then you couldn't take it. Then it was closed. They were going all the way up to the the Holland Tunnels closed. It was just a mess getting to work. They finally opened the Pulaski Skyway. Looks nice, too. I got to tell you what they did. All the brand new rails, the pay. It looks great. You enjoyed it for maybe three months. 
And now every day there's construction on it again. Like, what did you do for the last five years that we have to go right back to it and start fixing things again? Frustrating. So frustrating. Here is Norman in Torrington, Connecticut. Norman, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, good morning to you. I, I just want to say... Um, I love Connecticut. I love going down to see the Yankees. But um, that traffic, though, in the city, it, it is rough for you guys. And Horrendous. For you guys every day. Yep, yep, it's um, awful. It is, it is. Um, I, I just want to say, you know what? People do pick on Aaron Boone um, oh, when the Yankees are little slides and stuff. But they're doing pretty good. Um, you know, we don't know what's exactly going on with Judge yet. But... The thing is, is judge is one person, okay? It's just like you um, working for the station. They can't just depend on you. They got to depend on everybody else. Just like me, where I work, they can't just depend on me. They got to depend on everybody else. It's a team effort. And everybody says, well, judge is out. It's hurting the team. You know what? You can't. It's a team. You can't depend on one player. You can't. You're not wrong about that. However... When a player is as good as he is, he gets paid what he gets paid to go out there and elevate a team, which is what he does. It's kind of like what Otani has done in Los Angeles. Otani is going to make in free agency. There are many, many estimates out there and projections that say Otani is going to get between 60 and $75 million a year. Now, I think that's absurd, but good for him. I mean, that's great. You're going to pay him as a DH. You're going to pay him as a starting pitcher. Now, I do not believe, I've said this a million times, I'll say it a million more, and I know you win with great pitching. I do understand that. But you can have all the great pitching in the world. If you can't score runs, the pitching don't mean a whole hell of a lot. I do not like paying starting pitchers $40 million a year. I just don't. You know, more times than not, it does not work out. It, it doesn't. You know, look at what the Mets are getting for their $80 million in Verlander and Scherzer. Not much. Not much. Because even when they do pitch well, if the lineup doesn't score, what good is it? Scherzer gave you last night six innings, two runs. Wasn't good enough. Why is that? Offense stinks. The offense can't score. What good is the starting pitching? And when the starting pitching's good, if your bullpen stinks, what good was the starting pitching? It really has to be, and I've said this a million times, I'll say this a million times more. Like, I understand how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. Well aware. But when you spend a third of your salary cap on the quarterback and the team around it isn't good, it's a silly spend. It just is. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and you can make up for the warts that your team has. There are not many players, there are not many quarterbacks in the NFL that deserve to make what Patrick Mahomes make. Just don't. Maybe Joe Burrow? Okay, I'll give you that. It's possible. But all these other guys that take up and eat up so much of the salary cap and then you're deficient in other areas? How many times have we seen a team? Now, this will be the Patrick Mahomes example. Peyton Manning was able, was able to make up for crappy defenses. Now, not to the extent that he won that he should have, as much as he should have, because he didn't. But he did win. And he was able to make up for some deficiencies his teams did have. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do that. It is hard to have to go out there and put up 35, 40 points a week to outscore the opponent because when you leave the field, you're winning, yet your defense can't stop a cold. It's very difficult. So I wish in baseball, I wish in football, I wish there was more 
layered spending and not so much top-heavy spending, if that makes any sense. You know, I understand you're going to have the haves and the have-nots, but the discrepancy shouldn't be as much as it is. It just shouldn't. Here's George in the Bronx. What's up, George? Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree with you 100%. Cool. I wanted to ask you a question about Scherzer, but quickly, don't drive yourself crazy over your pool. I wanted to call yesterday. I had the same problem. All right. Don't drain it. It's from the bottom because it sands. You get one of these guys that come to your house in full scuba, de- scuba gear. They squirt some uh, ink. It goes right to the hole. They patch it. You're done for like 150 bucks. All right. So here's the thing. All right. First of all, I did drain it already because... Oh. I had well the two reasons. Number one, I really wanted to find where the hole in the liner was. One, but two, we had this uh, this mustard algae that while the pool was clean, uh, was clear, it wasn't crystal clear, and I and you never got a chlorine level or a reading. So I figured, you know what? Let me just clear, um, uh, drain it, scrub it, start over. So I did do that. That having been said, George, I drained it. There was nothing in the pool. Cleaned it with soap and water. The liner looks beautiful. I inspected this liner. Every square inch of it could not find anything. Nothing. I mean, looking for cuts, slices. There's nothing there. So very fr- And I tried the ink thing. Nothing happened. It basically dissipated into the pool. Wow. Yeah. Right, and then quickly, if Scherzer is to move, I just want to hang up. Where do you think, if they want to haul for him, where do you think he'd go? And that, thank you. That is a great question, George. I appreciate the call. Uh, I think we still have a couple more weeks to go before that is decided. Uh, I don't know the answer to that because the first thing you're going to look for, I think, is look for a team that's really stocked in the minor leagues to get back the best return that you can get. Some teams have better farm systems that others don't. You're not just going to send them to a contender. I mean, you could send them out just to save the money, I suppose. Um, but I don't know that the Mets are all that concerned about that as much as you heard Steve Cohen. It's about building from ground up and within. I think if you're going to make a trade and if you're going to send Scherzer out of here, it would be for what you just said for the haul. Where can you get the best return? For that, I would have to look at teams' farm systems. That I'm not sure of as we sit here this morning. And James in North Arlington. Good morning, James. You are the fourth of our four callers this morning. What's going on? I am, I am so honored. I love calling a fan. And I tell you, you're going to love this, but I think we're going to the curse of Tom Seaver. I saw people have called over the years. <laughs> it seems, I know I knew you like that. So I, it's, it's incredible that the Yankees are the Yankees. And even when they don't win, they win. But we want to go there right now because it's more about the curse of Tom Seaver. And, and this man is a multimillionaire, and it doesn't seem like, He's overcoming the curse. Let's hope not. But wait, James, so, where was the where was the curse in 1986? Well, you gotta win sometimes. If they, they won twice, I mean, no, no. You, actually, you don't have to win sometimes. There are teams that never win. Yeah, I know. Cleveland's never won, and well, there's no more Expos. But real quick, let's get to the curse of Joe Namath. <laughs> well, you're a curse guy, huh? <laughs> well, only because, in other words. There's franchises that that, that want, everybody wants to win. The Jets want to win. There's no doubt. And I will see the Mets want to win. But it just seems like some teams are really stink bitten. I know you're very big on that because I, I mean I, I love your attitude uh, and I know the way they play you because you're really a good guy. But listen, it's better to seem like you know. Whereas negativity always sells, even though people like positivity. And, and, and let's, let's hope that the curse of Joe Davis 
can be overcome. But I have a lot of doubts. And you just said re- the reason why, because it's a team sport. And I'm not sure right now if, if, if the Jets have all the things in place other than uh, it's okay quarterback. He's only won one Super Bowl. He's not. No, 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 James. He is he is an out. He's unbelievable, actually. And with this team, I will be stunned if the Jets don't have a monster season. He's won MVPs. Yes, only one Super Bowl. I understand that. Um, but to me, there's a lot there into what I just said. Sometimes Aaron Rodgers can't go out and outscore the other team if your defense stinks. And in Green Bay, they didn't have all the pieces of a complete team. I do believe that. Um, to your point about the curses, here's my issue with that. Number one, I don't believe in them. That's one. Two, the Boston Red Sox won three World Series. Three. If you ever thought there was a curse, the Red Sox had it. They won three World Series. The Cubs won the World Series. Right? So where'd those curses go? Did we have, who's the guy from uh, Major League? What was his name? Which guy? There's a bunch of them that did the that used to do the <laughs> oh the Pedro Serrano Pedro right did that is that what the Cubs and the Red Sox did they got him in and they had the sacrifices and they got rid of the curse come on it's about having good players and it's about winning the Mets in 2015 got hot had good players after the trade deadline they made it to the World Series they won the pennant I know they didn't win the World Series they were in the World Series it's not like this team is allergic to winning. They've been in the postseason, not nearly enough, but it's not like they have been the dregs of baseball for the last four decades. They won the World Series in 86. They had a run in the mid to late 80s. Should have been better. They did get one. Not all teams can say that. You know, Cleveland had a good run there with Terry Francona. Did they ever win the World Series? So just because you're good enough to get there doesn't mean you're going to get there. The Mets did at least once. There are many people... Believe it or not, that will live their lifetime and never see a World Series. I'm sure some young Met fans feel that way right now. You've got the owner in place, and he's doing it the right way. I'm telling you, sometimes patience, while they say is a virtue, is also the hardest thing to deal with because I do believe his vision is the right one. He tried to win early by going out and signing a couple of big names. He locked up Lindor. He got Scherzer. He got Verlander. Yes, they lost DeGrom, and as it turned out, You feel bad for Jake, but as it turned out, you wouldn't have got much from him this year anyway. So you look back, he tried to do what he could do with the way the checkbook would allow him to do it to try and win. Hasn't worked. Now, I'm also not going to see and be 100% absolute that the season's over. I don't go that way until we get to September. I don't. I've seen too many goofy things in baseball over the last 10 years to sit there and write anybody off on June 30th. Not likely. I'm not expecting it, but I'm not writing anybody off either yet. Point is, what Steve Cohen wants to do is have a farm system that is going to provide talent year after year after year so that they can be a perennial great team with an opportunity to win every year. It takes time, but I do believe the vision is right. If you just hang in a little while and don't have this, the sky is falling attitude all the time. It's fine this year. I get it. I do. But I do think what's on the horizon for Met fans is going to be something great because you've got the right owner in place. I'm expecting Yankee-type runs. And no, the Yankees haven't won since 2009, but damn it, they're good every single year. And every single year they're in the playoffs, and every single year they've got an opportunity to go to the World Series. I do believe that that is coming 
for the Mets under this owner. 5.38. It is the warm-up show till 6. Rascona in next. And boy, oh boy, do I have some headlines to read him that I can't wait for. And we'll talk about the baseball as well. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. All right, nice to have you with us. Summer Friday, warm-up show for another 15 minutes or so. Brian Rascona joins me now for the final segment. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Jerry. How's it going? I'm doing good. So here are the parameters of this game we're going to play. Okay, oh boy. We're playing games. You're a big game guy. I love a game. I love a game. It's not not as boring as the other stuff. So (laughs) here's the first thing. Question, answer, no opinion. Fair enough. I ask the question. You give me a direct answer. No opinion allowed yet. It's going to be a yes or no. Uh, no, no, you're going to have to give me a little bit more than that. Okay. But you got to hold your opinion till the end. Okay. Okay. Over the past few years, the Nets have had what big ticket names? Three of them specifically. Who would they be? James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Okay. Now this would be a yes, no question. <laughs> has Boomer Esiason mauled those three on the air for the last few years? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Has Boomer mauled James Harden over the last few years? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now we move into phase two of the game. Okay. This is where we get live reaction from Brian Rascona. You are a Nick fan, correct? Yes, I am. All right. I would like to read some headlines and hold your thoughts till the end and then give them to me all at once. Ready? Here we go. New York Post. Knicks and Clippers among top destinations for James Harden. Liberty Ballers, whatever that is, reports Sixers seek to trade Harden to the Clippers or Knicks. Uprocks, what would a James Harden trade to the Clippers or Knicks look like? Sports Illustrated, Clippers-Knicks linked to James Harden. Uh, Let's see, Daily Knicks, NBA rumors, Knicks stunningly interested in James Harden. (laughs) CBS Sports Network, James Harden, top trade destinations. Clippers lead the pack. Nick's right behind. So, Nick fan, Brian, how we feeling? Well, you know, just by your <laughs> face alone and going back an hour ago, I've never wanted to enhance your black eyes more than I do right now. If I there's mean, I a wanna, God, bring James Harden I, I, to the garden. You are unbelievable. I want to wring your neck. I want to give you black eyes. It's like it's 4.40 in the morning, and I'm looking at you in the newsroom chuckling like you're my best friend who could just knows how to push my buttons. Oh, you know how you have that friend? Glorious. Uh, it'd be glorious for you, right? So you could chuckle and marvel and, and, and maul back at Boomer. So that's Ironic, what you want. Ironically enough, the interesting part about it is I, I think – they would be a better team. No, you no, no way. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Okay. When he gets here, we've seen this everywhere. When he gets somewhere, he's tremendous in the beginning, and then he slowly fades away into disinterest. Right. It seems like right. He loses interest. It he seems does. like he loses. I don't. Here's why my would anybody thing. Anybody trade for him? Well, interest is a big word here because I don't understand why NBA teams that are in contention or are building something a la the Knicks, are even interested, we'll use that word again, in a guy like James Harden. The guy's, what, 33, 34 years old. How many good years does he have Not left? many. Not many. Right? And he hasn't won anything. Yes, NBA MVP, whoop de doo but he hasn't won an NBA Finals. Why would you want to break up the continuity the Knicks have right now and how well they played last year and the hype from the fan base that we saw? Why would you want to break that up or throw a wrench into the system with a guy like James Harden? They're not going to. I don't They're think not so. Going. They're I not think, going I think 
think it's a, I think it's a lot of media fodder. I think is what it is. I think to throw the Knicks in there, it's going to be clickbait to anybody who wants to see what the heck's going to happen with James Harden. I don't. But see, we can I don't dream. See, I could see him out in L.A. I could see that. I could see him in a lot but of places. I don't see, not here. I can't see the Knicks being stupid enough, dumb enough. To come in and break, to to jump in there and sign a. James I agree Harden. with you. I completely agree with you, and I'm I'm having fun because I just think it would be a blast sitting next to Boomer if he had to root for James Harden. And from a hypothetical <laughs> standpoint, what, what it's going to be him and Julius if Julius Randall six rounds could be him and Julius Randall. I mean, Again, I don't know about that. Two happen. guys that stand around and take jump shots. I, I don't know. I about don't that. see this happening on any level. I just I was blown away when I saw the headlines this morning, as if. James Harden. Oh, you were chuckling Knicks. like a little schoolboy. Oh, absolutely. Out there. Oh, and God. if it ever happened, Ugh. I would be in my glory having to watch the Nick fans who have killed this guy, and rightly so, come and put the orange and blue on. Well, we've had him in the Northeast, too, and we know our, our, our programming director, Spike's a big Sixers fan. So we've had these conversations already in the sure. newsroom about yeah. James Harden. Is he good? Is he bad for the team? What's his story? Is he interested? Is he interested in winning? Is he not interested in winning? So we've. We've also talked this to death, whether it's the newsroom, on sure. air, whatever the case may be. So I'm sick of it. I'm sick of James Harden. I'm sick of hearing about him. I can't wait till he leaves the NBA in general. And now he's into the New York, you know, media realm right now as he possibly is. being into uh, being a Nick. What's, so. what's so crazy is the fact that when he went to Philadelphia and he was reunited with his GM right. and everything was right. just Beautiful yeah, in Philly. Big kumbaya moment. Oh, my God. And then to find out that he basically wants out. If you're not happy there, it's never happening. Right. You right. got Embiid. And you know what? For the most part, forget the playoffs for a second. When he first went there, and again, his MO is he plays really well when he gets somewhere. There were nights where you could tell he wasn't trying to do too much because that's a really good team. And you had Joel Embiid as the face of the franchise. And you were a part of it, sure. But then when they needed him, he would step up and he would have his big games. It seemed like the perfect place for him. If he can't make it work in Philly, why would any franchise think it's going to work at this point? Here's my question to you now. Is it because he wants out or the Sixers are seeking a trade? Or is it a combination of both? I I think from everything I've read, and who the hell knows what's true, from what I've read is he thinks he's like one of these max, max players, and the Sixers aren't going to give it to him. Okay, I think they'd give him a good contract. I do. I think if... He was in line for a four. These numbers are so crazy. But if he would accept four years and whatever the number is that fits in the in the Sixers cap, Until he's whether thirty seven, thirty five million a year, but he's not getting the forty five. I mean, God Almighty! You guys have read about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is eligible for a three year extension at one fifty nine. Three years, one fifty nine. So it's over fifty million a year. What? Yeah, I. Psh- I- it's un- the numbers are unbelievable. I mean, but we, you know, we say this all the time, though. I mean, even well, they just keep going contract. up and up I mean, look, and up. Right, I know, right. right. And I the know. Otani, the Otani thing you mentioned it before, sixty to seventy million. That doesn't surprise me either. It doesn't. No, it doesn't surprise me. But no. I just don't think anybody's worth that because no. the Angels are having a good season. The Angels ain't winning a damn thing this year. You look at it though. Let's say you broke the player in half, right? Let's say Otani DH hits. You know, 35, 40 home oh, runs a 50? year. 50? He's going to hit 50. 50 home runs a yeah. year. He's, what's his ERA at right now? As uh, about as three. Three. Around so three. he's a pretty good starting pitcher. He's a pitcher. very good starting pitcher. Very he's not good. the best in baseball. Would you say that he's a $35 million pitcher and a $35 million batter or DH? Well, let me ask you this. Per year? Like, if it, they were two separate players is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that's where you're coming up with that. That's where they come up with the 60 to $75 Correct. million dollar right. range, and I understand that. Right. What I don't understand is, though, why we look at that 
as such, but we don't look at the best feel. So let's say, I want to try to give you a good example. If you have the best shortstop in the game who also bats 325. Right. And as a crazy OPS, we love that in these days. And it's just an unbelievable offensive player. Why is he not worth? Like, why the value for a guy that because throws every a, fifth day as opposed to the guy that plays a sparkling position. Here we, here we go again, paying well, the true. pitcher. Yeah. Here we go again. I, I, can't, I can't stand it. it do, because time and time again, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Right, but I mean, you're right. He's he would as a just as a starting pitcher, he probably would command thirty five million a year. I agree. And as the DH who's going to hit fifty home runs, look what Judge just got. He would command thirty to thirty five million a year. Right. Absolutely, no question. Right, and that's where that number comes from. Right, and so. that's that. That's why it doesn't surprise me that teams and they're going to pay. They're going to pay if teams want him. They're going to pay for him. So well, there's I, but, but there's not many that can. I think the Dodgers are going to. It's take, right. You know, it's, think, it's the Dodgers, the right. Padres, the Mets. I don't think the Yankees are going to go near them uh, for whatever reason. So you're looking at no more, I don't think. I don't even think the Angels will be in on, on that price tag on keeping him. I don't believe so. So I think you're looking at four teams that could pay him, maybe. Right. And that's about it. And he ain't going anywhere this summer because they're good. I mean, they're, it's gonna be, they're going to be a playoff team. Right. They're not a great team. They're a good team. Right. And if they're going to go for it, they're going to be buyers rather than sellers at the trade deadline. That's so. a team I'd actually like to watch. Oh, of course. Well, well, everybody's I've been never, waiting. But, but I've every, never said that before. Right. Everybody's been waiting for them to be the team to watch, right? right. With the Trout and Otani. So they were like, how come, you know, how many times have we said, how, how come the Angels aren't that good? How come they're not that good? They have two of the best players in baseball. No, this and year now, they have been better. Correct. And even Trout took another home runaway yesterday. Right. It's all, all right. because of Brandon Drury. We got to go. Thank you very much. You got it. You got uh, it. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 o'clock on a summer Friday program. It is the warm-up show till then. Odyssey Sports Minute with the great Amy Lawrence. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, we got about 20 seconds or so left. Al will be back in about a week or so. Is he a six or he is out today? We got Boomer and Geo standing by. Lots of sports talk during the break, and it wasn't about baseball. So that's a little hint. We got some NBA free agency coming up. We've got a summer Friday. These guys are off for the next week. So you know what that means? Party time around here. Someone's going to have a lot of fun over the next four hours because they're going to be boating and golfing and drinking the Casamigos and have themselves a party. Hit it, Rascona.